You know, uh, just uh, before I start, just like a, just a quick testimony on my life. Like, like one, one day I walked in through those doors over there, that, that door over there, because we used to go up that way instead of this way. And this was when I was a teenager. And I walked in, and I walked in because someone had invited me, and it was a girl, and she was pretty. So I came to the service to see if I could get the, the digits, you know what I'm saying, the phone number, you know. And then maybe, maybe offer to take her to youth camp one day, you know. No, there was no, there was, I just wanted to get to know her, right? So don't, say, don't judge them. Don't say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge them. Don't judge them, all right? You know, because not a lot of people, the first time they go to church is because I want to find Jesus. No, they, they, they want to hang out with a friend. They want to get to know more people. There's, there's, there's a, they're sick. There's something going on, you know, so don't judge me. But anyways, uh, I started here as a, as a teenager, and, uh, and that used to be my worship area over there. And, and it's awesome to see you guys worshiping, you know, all over the place, and that was me. And uh, it's awesome that I'm back in the house and preaching God's word. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and uh, back, back in the day when I was a teenager, uh, when, uh, when you encounter somebody pretty, there was a term that we would use, like, like we'd be like, man, as a teenager, man, that girl's hot. I don't know what term they use nowadays. What, what term they? <laughs> we'd be like, man. And, and the girls would use a certain term. They'd be like, ooh-wee, man, he is hot. You know? They'd be like, oh, man, he's hot. You know? But there's another kind of hot that the Bible talks about. It's a hot that's one on the inside. It's a hot that comes from those young people who are baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit, who are inspired by God to lead their generation. It's a fire that warms the atmosphere and grows faith in the house. Come on. Give God praise like you mean it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't going to be quiet tonight. All right. That's good. <laughs> I can remember I had a young person one time uh, when, I was, when I was preaching, he said to me, man, there's something different in the atmosphere. And that's what I feel here in this place. There's something different in the atmosphere. God has just shifted the atmosphere of faith in young people here in this place. And he's going to tell you how much he loves you in just a minute. And we're going to get into a word here. But I want to talk to you a little bit about an experience. If we can throw up that first slide. Man, I had such a great weekend the other day because I went to go see, where is it? That first slide when it... There you go. And let me tell you, let me tell you, my experience was, was, was pretty powerful, right? Because, like, don't boo me now, all right? But I haven't seen a majority of those, of those Marvel movies, all right? I just, it's just, I just haven't. I haven't, you know? So I went to see this movie, right? And, uh, and I'm sitting there, and, like, the theater is packed with people, you know? It's like, like, looking around, and everybody's like, you know? And I'm like... It's a movie, you know? So I'm, I'm enjoying the, 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 the parts of the movie, and I went with a friend of mine. His name is Irv. Um, and I was sitting sit next to him, and, and uh, something would happen, and people would be like, ah, ah, and I'd be like, you know, because, like, my timing was off, you know? I don't know the storyline. I don't know the history of the characters. I don't know. Like, I'm, like, you know, like, uninformed, you know? But I wanted to see the movie, you know? So every once in a while, I'd turn to him and say, hey, what, what just happened? What happened to that character? And he'd be like, bro, psh, 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 psh. and I'd be like, no, no, I just so I can understand. He'd be like, oh no, she died because in the last movie this happened, and because this happened, blah, 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 blah. So, anyways, I'm not gonna say what characters did what, but just, just, just so you know, just so you know, I don't want to be a spoiler, but 
I kept turning to him. I kept turning to him and asking him for information, right? So people would be like, like sobbing, like, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, okay, you know. And like, I'm just sitting there, like, what's the big deal, you know? And and like, people are like cheering and getting all excited, and everybody's laughing at the same time, clapping at this. And I'm like, eh, what's the big deal, you know? And and that that experience reminded me of something in the gospel. It's like a lot of people out there know know some of the characters of the Bible. They know they know they've heard about God, they've heard about Jesus, but they don't really know enough to enjoy the experience like a majority of you do here in this place. And they need young people like you periodically to come to them and say, "Hey, this is what that means." And what you're missing out is this. And the storyline is this. And the real meaning behind our Savior is this. So that they can start to enjoy the experience that you are enjoying in Christ. Amen? Awesome. Cool. So that's the experience I had in, uh, at the Avengers. And I like the movie. Uh, would I pay to see it again? Maybe not. But don't judge me. <laughs> All right. So most people look at the big screen of faith and they try to figure out the supernatural on their own. They recognize the characters, but they don't have enough, uh, enough information to enjoy it like we do. God sends people like you and me to remind them. The truth is they need someone there to tell them about Jesus, to preach the gospel, and to invite them into a relationship with their Heavenly Father. Amen? All right, cool. So we have a situation in the Bible where the people of God are starting to say like what I said in the movie. Well, what's the big deal? Right? They're the people of God and they they're, uh, they're start to get unsatisfied. They start to get anxious. They start to get confused. They start to get rebellious. They start talking. I can't believe this. What are you doing? Oh, whatever. They start talking about Moses, right? They start to turn on Moses. And this is where we enter in to the act of this part of the story, all right? We do that, before we do that, let's pray. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes and I'll get into the story here. Father God, I thank you for this group of young people that you have brought to this place to encourage them by the power through the preaching of your word. And I just thank you, God, that each and every one of them has a purpose that is God-given, that is divine, that is empowering, and one that can change the nation for Christ. I thank you, Lord, for what you have in store for their lives. Speak to our hearts. Humble us in your presence and teach us what you want to teach us tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tonight's message, if you're taking notes... Who are you taking notes? All right. Take notes. Note, note, note takers are what? All right. Cool. So the title is Your Name is On It. Your Name is On It. All right. When you take a test, what do you usually do? You put your what? Right. You want to get the credit for what you studied over and you want them to know that you are the one that took that test. Right. Some of you don't. <laughs> but yeah, most... most most of the time we do. When, when, you, when you buy a book, right, sometimes we find the author of the book. Like on Sunday we had a guest speaker, Chris Estrada. He was amazing. Guy bought the house down. And he was, he was having books and he was signing the books as he was selling them. And uh, sometimes we ask for the author to sign the book, right, so that we have a record that the person who wrote those ideas down on paper we have their signature. We have proof that we interacted with them. And tonight as I'm preaching about your name is on it, I want you to also think about those who have, how many of you have game, some kind of game console, some kind of uh, gaming system, right? You usually have uh, some kind of user ID or something that you log in with, right? And like all your, all your little computer friends in different parts of the country are like, hey, this guy just logged on. 
and they start talking to you, you know, and they can tell you, they can tell by your name is on that account, right? They can identify who you are by your what? By your name, right? So uh, a lot of people have that, and it belongs to you. Your name means something significant. All right, let's look at Numbers chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. Here's a story as God speaks to Moses. He says, is it up? All right, cool. So speak to the people of Israel. Get staffs from them, 12 staffs in all, one from the leader of each tribe. Write each man's name on his staff. Start with Aaron. Write Aaron's name on the staff and then proceed with the rest. A staff for the leader of each tribe. Now lay them out in the tent of meeting in front of the testimony where I keep appointments with you. What will happen next is this. The staff of the man I choose will sprout. I'm going to put a stop to this endless grumbling by my people of Israel against you. Moses spoke to the people of Israel. Their leaders handed over the staffs. One of the leaders from each tribe and Aaron's staff was one of them. Moses laid out the staffs before God in the tent of testimony. So here God is saying, hey, out of the 12 tribes of Israel, I want you to, to bring, us, bring the staff of the leader and put the leader's name on that staff. I want you to present it to me, and we're going to put all those staffs, we're going to put them in the place where I usually meet with you in the most holy place, right? You're going to lay them before the altar, and I'm going to confirm who is the person I'm going to be using to, to quench this dissatisfied nature of the people who are grumbling against Moses. All right, so Moses does that, and it leads to, it leads to think, why would God ask the people to put their names on the staff, right? Like God doesn't know who wrote, you know, like God was like, God was like peekaboo, peekaboo. You know, he doesn't know who was writing on the staff. No, he, he knew, right? He knew. But what he was about to do, he was about to show people that when you put your name on something, it matters. When you attach your name to something, it matters. A lot of times when, when, when we get married, the wife or the husband will change a part of their name, right? Because now they belong to that person. There's a, there's a change of name. The name means something, right? I mean, even though the name of Jesus Christ means something powerful, right? The name above all names. Hallelujah. So my point number one is that God's power moves when we take ownership. God's power moves when we take ownership. One of the things that, that we discover when we write our names is that we take ownership over that, Right? You take ownership over your gaming account. You take ownership over your test. You take ownership over books. You take ownership over something when you sign it and you put your name to it. God, see, when we, when we take ownership, we take responsibilities. We take responsibility for the things that God wants to give us, right? We take responsibility. When we take ownership, we say, God, what you love, I want to love. What you do, I want to do. What you invest in, I want to invest in. What you are passionate about, I want to be passionate about. See, when we take ownership, when we take ownership, that means something very special. And God wants to teach us that, with, that God's power moves when we take ownership. He'll give you the tools you need to accomplish great things. But are you willing to put your name on it? Are you willing to put your name on it? And we're going to get deeper into that in just a minute. To call yourself a Christian means something, right? It means something, right? Not everybody can boast 
that, they've, that they're a follower of Jesus Christ. That is an honor. That is a privilege. That's not a bad word. It's not nothing to be ashamed about. Right? Amen? As a woman or a man of God, he wants to give you the tools you need to be successful in your faith journey. But are you willing to put your name on it? As a pastor, as, as a young person who's called to be a pastor, as a young person who's called to be a missionary, an evangelist, an apostle, you better believe in this group. God is raising up callings for ministry. You better believe it. Out of my youth group, four or five pastors grew out of it, including me as one. All right? And there was missionaries, evangelists. God sent us out. And we're making a difference in this world for Christ. And God wants to do the same thing in this group, in this generation right now with you guys. Are you willing? Are you willing to put your name on it? See, you can take a car for, you can go look at a car. You can take it for a test drive, right? You can put a selfie. You know, show everybody you're in the brand new car, you know. And you can pretend it's yours. And everybody in Instagram will be like, when did you buy it? When did you? you know? Everybody's like blowing up your phone. Oh, that's so cool. But that car ain't yours until you do what? Until you sign on that dotted line and put your name on it, right? It's very important. When we take ownership, it makes a difference. You can look at a church family, right? You can take that church family out for a test drive. Ah, I'm going to go a few weeks to youth group, you know, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to see how they are. I'm going to see how I feel about it. You know, you can take a bunch of selfies, you know, and be like, hey, look at me. Brave youth, you know. You can do all that stuff. But until you don't take ownership, until you don't commit to it, you're going to limit what you can experience out of brave youth. Okay, so I want to motivate you guys. Put your name on it. Get committed to it. Ownership means, the next slide here, ownership means the act, state, or right of possessing something. What does ownership look like? Ownership means you have, you have a reputation that you're willing to attach to it. How many of you guys want to have a reputation of being known as a follower of Christ, right? That means you've taken ownership over it. A line of clothing, right? You know who designed it by what name is on the article of clothing, right? You know when you go to the mall and you look at uh, clothes, you look at the, oh, I know what this brand is. I know who this belongs to, all right? So you, as a, a player from the Himalaya, a stud that turns out to be a dud, most bad boys try to take credit for their history of bad behavior. They're known for their misdeeds and they're proud of it. They even do graffiti to mark their territory, what they own in the streets. So even, even the world knows how significant it is to attach your reputation to something. All right? So are you willing? Uh, ownership means you're willing to invest in it, to dedicate time, energy, and resources. Are you that person that wants to invest in the kingdom? I'm going to say it again. Are you that person that wants to invest in the kingdom? See, the Lord was about to reveal out of the 12 tribes who was that one tribe he was going to use to solve, all, to solve the problem at hand. Out of the 11, he chose how many? One. Out of the 11 tribes of Israel, he chose one when he could have chosen all 12. But there was only one who was ready to put their reputation on the line, to take a stand for their faith, and to make a difference with their lives. And he's going to use that one community. So in the kingdom, ownership is when you're willing to attach your reputation with Christ. It's what you represent on the outside. What you represent on the outside is a reflection of the love you have for God on the inside. Right? So you can tell me all you want that you're a Christian. But what are, what are you willing to attach your reputation to? Right? 
Do people in your school know you as a follower of Christ or do they know you as the bad boy of, of ninth grade, you know, or, or 10th grade? Or do they know you? Does, is your reputation contrary to what your faith is telling you you need to be? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Are we willing to sell out to the world and give ourselves over to Christ? Are you sold out to the gospel message? Come on now. Don't leave me alone preaching up here. <laughs> All right. God's kingdom has a right to many things because Jesus paid the price. You don't have to pay for it. He owns it. So if he owns it, guess what? We can own it as well. If he owns all the peace, guess what? We can own that peace as well. If he, if he owns all the joy and he paid the price for us to have the joy, guess what? We can own the joy as well. If he has all the power and you want all the power, guess what? He owns it, so what you, you can own it as well. If you want peace, he owns the peace and he can give you the peace. If you want, if you want to experience the supernatural, he has all the supernatural and you can own part of that as well. How many of you guys are excited about that? He can give us complete joy, confidence, self-esteem, hope, courage. God is asking the leaders to take ownership in Israel. And God is asking you young people here who are his leaders in this city right now for this generation to take ownership of your faith journey and make a difference for Jesus Christ with your lives. Amen? <laughs> Point number two, God's superpowers are on display in his presence. I saw a bunch of superpower stuff happening in Avengers. But God's superpowers are on display in his presence. The difference between God and a superhero is that he'll actually show up when you're in need. No superhero, no Avenger ever showed up for me in high school and took care of the bullies that I was dealing with. But God was there. All right? That's the one thing about God. He is our superhero. I've, I've seen God take a broken 18-year-old, save him from anger, rebellion, drugs, lust, set him free, Forgive his past, give him a new start, a new hope, allow him to experience supernatural things of God, call him into ministry, and have him here 23 years later preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen it happen, and it can happen for you, and it can happen for you, and it can happen for you. Amen. Hallelujah. What you're looking for can be found at the altar. What you're looking for can be found at the altar. God said, bring the staff, bring what has their names on it, and lay it before my altar. And something miraculous is going to happen. The Lord instructs Moses to place them there. And that piece of wood goes from something dead to something that is full of fruit overnight. Uh, I don't think you heard me. <laughs> that dead piece of wood turns from something without life into something that is full of God's fruit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Only God can do that overnight. That, that piece of staff went from not having any flowers to not blossoming to having almonds on it in the matter of one night. And that's how God confirms that one staff that produces fruit is the tribe I'm going to use to walk us into a new promise. See, and that's what God wants to show us. To go from a tool to a weapon takes time. It takes time. 
See, God wants to give you the tools, but he also wants you to be a weapon, a weapon for the kingdom of God, a weapon against the enemy and his attacks on this young generation, ones who are going to declare God's truth and wage war against the powers and principalities of darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Each staff and rod represented a ministry. Each, each staff represented a ministry that was attached to a specific purpose. The Lord tells Moses, lay those symbolic representations of ministry down at my altar. And the one that produces fruit immediately is the one that I've chosen to use. There's a scripture that says many are called and few are what? Chosen. You're chosen because simply you are available. You're chosen not because you're qualified, not because you went to Bible college, not because you have all the, uh, the talents and ability. You're chosen because simply you make yourself available to be used by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's good news. That's good news. I don't want my life to resemble a superhero. I want my life to be a super zero. I'll say that again. I don't want my life to resemble a superhero, but a super zero. Less of me and more of him. When I attach myself as a zero to the one who owns it all, I become a perfect ten. The one next to a zero becomes a perfect ten. I can walk in God's perfection. I can walk in God's plan. I can walk in God's promises because I've attached myself to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Number 17, number 17, verses 8 through 11. This is the next verse. This is the, this is the ending of the story, which, this part of the story. Moses walks into the tent of testimony the next day and sees Aaron's staff, the staff of the tribe of Levi. It had sprouted, blossomed, even ripened to almonds. Moses brought out all the staffs from God's presence and presented them to the people of Israel. They took a good look, and each leader took the staff with his name on it. Can you imagine the other 12? They were talking the talk but not walking the walk, and God says, you're not one of them. Imagine how they felt going, "Mm." (laughs) you know? Imagine how how they felt in the middle of that experience knowing that God was about to use someone else who was truly available. God will accomplish his plan and he wants to use you young people to do it. But if you don't want to do it, he's going to drop your plan and use someone else to fulfill his plan. I don't know about you, but I want to be used to fulfill God's plan, right? I don't want to be dropped. I want to be counted. I want to be counted for his kingdom. Moses did as the Lord commanded, and the staff that produced almonds was a declaration that God was about to use that tribe. Taking ownership in ministry means that you're willing to identify with what God has called you to do. Some of you are called to be pastors. Don't be ashamed of your calling. Don't be ashamed. That is the highest calling. That is the highest calling, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Some of you are called to be missionaries. Some of you are called to be evangelists. Some of you are called to be teachers and apostles. Some of you are gifted in acts of ministry and teaching. And God wants to use your lives. Don't be ashamed of what God is birthing in you. 
He's not ashamed of you. Don't be ashamed of him. Amen? Jesus put his name on you. He cared so much about you that he put his name on you. As a believer, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Your name is written down. He took ownership over you. He paid the price. He attaches his reputation to you. And he says, you know what? You are one of my followers. Go and make disciples. He attaches his reputation to you. He gave his life for you. Now, what in turn are you ready to do for him? What in turn are you ready to do for him? See, at 18 years old, I came to, and I'm closing. At 18 years old, I came to faith in Christ. I wasn't raised in church. I was, I was lost in despair. And I had a Holy Spirit encounter where the presence of God penetrated my life, infiltrated my heart started giving me images of all the failures and disappointments of my life and tears were flowing down my face and I said Lord I'm tired of this experience by myself I'm tired of trying to figure out who the characters are and I need you to direct me I need you to fill me in I need you to put me on the right place at the right time with the right people and I surrendered my life and at 19 years old God called me to be a pastor and not even a year after that, at 21 years old, I started pastoring my first youth ministry in the city of Miami. And I'm here to tell you young people, what God can do overnight can be a lot quicker than what you can try to do on your own. What he did with that staff overnight of taking that staff through multiple growth processes in one night and producing the fruit. All you have to do is say, God, I'm available. Do as you please. Use my life as you want. And you're going to accelerate my faith journey and put me in the place that you want me to be. Amen? Come on, if that's good, say amen. Jesus put his name on you. The Bible says that God created us in his image. God is the owner of everything. And through Christ, he has made us stewards of those many things that he has created. Your home, your school, your job, your church, your friends, those things that God has entrusted it to you is for God to use your life to make a difference in those areas. Don't be fooled. The world might not have a purpose for you, but God has a purpose for you. Don't believe the lie that God will never do anything with your life. God has great purposes and plans for your lives, but are you willing to sign on that dotted line? Are you willing to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I once was Jose, but now I'm a follower of Christ. That old person is dead, and I want a new life in Christ Jesus. If you got to give me a new name, then give me a new name. Whatever it takes for me to forget my past and walk into my future with you. Hallelujah. Are you willing to take ownership? Are you willing to lay it on the line for Christ? A sign that you're ready to do that is that you're someone who can be counted on. See, when I was a youth in youth ministry, my pastor used to say, hey, Jose, I need you to I need you to line up these chairs. Oh, okay. I'm there. You say, hey, I need you to drive these young people to the camp. Oh, hey, I'm there. 
Hey, Jose, I need you to stay up late while I sleep and rest because I got to preach tomorrow. I need you to stay up and watch all the youth as they're goofing around, throwing eggs and shaving cream all over the place in the hotel during youth camp. I need you to stay up and watch them. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I'll do that, yeah. Can, are you someone who can be counted on? Are you involved? Are you committed? Are you someone who takes responsibility? Do you want to see yourself grow in brave youth? That's how you know you've taken ownership. And as I close, I ask the worship team to come up. God has some miraculous plans in your life. He does. As a young person at 19 years old, a friend of mine said, hey, I want you to come to my house. We're going to hang out. I went to his house. And his mother, his mother was dealing with an issue of health. She comes to me and she says, she says Jose, um, I'm, I'm dealing with this issue in my mouth. She said, I've, and I'm telling you this story, not that because I, I haven't seen miracles since I was a teenager. No, I'm telling you the story so you guys can relate at your age what I experienced. So I go to her house with my friend there. We're, we're, you know, we're just praying and having fun. And she comes up to me. She says, hey, I'm, I just want you to know because I want you to pray for me. I'm having this issue in my mouth that my gums constantly bleed. She goes, I've been to the dentist. They want to they wanna perform surgery. I don't have money for it. I'm tired of every day having my gums bleed, and they bleed, and they bleed. And I felt it on my heart. You know what? Let's put, let's, let's put the scriptures to action. I know what God's word says. Let me start putting it into action, right? So I said to her, I said, is it okay if I pray with you? And she said, yeah. And I had video games on my mind and hanging out and doing all kinds of funny stuff. So I said, hold on a minute. Before I pray, I just want, I just want, to, I want to get into alignment. I told my friend, hey, I'm going to go into your room real quick. I just want to pray. And I started praying, Lord, Father, God, in the, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to use me today. Father, just concentrate my mind. Put it in line with your will. Help me to hear from you. Use my life. Use me for your purposes. I started going before God. And when I felt the peace and the atmosphere shift in my mind and in my heart, I went up to her and I said, I said Can, let's pray. And I, and I grabbed her hands and we started praying and going before the Lord. And I started calling out for God's healing. And it's not because of me, it's because of God. But I had to be available. I had to be willing to, you know what, say, hey, I'm going to put the Bible into practice. So I prayed with her. And a few days later, she came up to me. She said, Jose, Jose. She, she said, you wouldn't believe it. My gums have stopped bleeding ever since you prayed. I'm going to say that again. She said, my gums have stopped bleeding ever since you prayed. Come on, young people. God wants to use you in the supernatural. God wants to use you for healing, use you for deliverance, use you to preach his word. Come on. Do you want to be used? I can't pat your back right now because I'm on stage. But if I was sitting next to you, I'd be like, come on, get up, worship him. Come on, praise the king of kings. Praise the Lord of lords. He's not done with you. He wants to use your life. He has a purpose for you. He wants to fill you with his power, fill you with his presence, fill you with his healing nature. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You guys can be seated. Father God. This night is a special night in your presence, God. Every time we come before you, it is special. It is not to be taken lightly, God. We are before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
we are before the creator of the universe the one who holds the power to speak things into existence with one vowel with one word thank you god for these young people who are fired up for jesus in this place I sense your calling in this place, God, over lives that are represented here in this room. God, I thank you, Father, that they are going to respond to how you're leading them right now. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is moving in this group and is taking things that were once dead and bringing them to life for kingdom purposes. And you're doing it rapidly. You're doing it in supernatural time. You're taking what would have taken a mentor, a coach, a counselor, would have taken them years to take these young people through that process. You can do it overnight. You can set free. You can heal. You can give purpose overnight in this very moment and in this very prayer. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in every young person's life. And I want to invite those of you who know that God has a purpose for your life. You know that God has called you out. You know that God has separated you for this generation. You know that you have been chosen and you want to feel God's confirmation on your heart tonight. I want you to stand up right now where you are. I want you to stand up. Don't be ashamed of him. He is not ashamed of you. And God, I just thank you that as they're rising, their faith is rising as well. God, I just thank you for the callings right now that you are reminding these young people of, God. Their callings don't have to happen 10 years from now. They don't have to wait until they go through Bible college to do your will. They can do it right now, God. So I just ask these young people would sense a confirmation of your calling, a confirmation of what you want to do in their lives right now, that you would take gifts in them that are dead and bring them to life rapidly, that the supernatural power, that the supernatural fire, that resurrection power would flow over their minds and over their spirits right now, that you would awaken dreams and visions and give them purpose, God. And we just thank you, Father, for what you're doing in every life. And I just want to make an invitation for those of you who have not started that journey yet. Those of you who, who are looking at the film and not understanding why people are enjoying it so much. Those of you who have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who, whose names have yet to be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you would like to make that decision for Jesus Christ tonight, I want, I want to help you. I want to be a part of that experience, and I want to lead you in a prayer. If you say, yeah, if you say yes, I want to be a part of that. Jose, I want, to, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to start that journey like you did at 18. That's me. Would you raise your hand? I just want to acknowledge you raising your hand. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. Who else? Come on. Come on, who else? God bless you. Father, come on, let's all repeat this prayer. Father God, your word says that if we acknowledge you with our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. And you promise us your Holy Spirit, that fire, that power that's going to help us live our lives for you. Save us. Change us. Help us to never be the same from this moment on. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise like we read it. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes, God.